welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Expert Huntsman. Once upon a time there was a young fellow who had learned the locksmith's trade, and he told his father that he wanted to go out into the world and try his luck. All right, said his father, that's fine with me, and he gave him some money for his journey. So the young man wandered about looking for work. After some time, he found that he was not very successful as a locksmith. Moreover, the trade no longer suited his temperament, for he had developed a desire to become a huntsman. Then one day, as he was traveling along, he met a huntsman clad in green who asked him where he came from and where he was going. The young man told him he was a locksmith, but no longer liked the trade and wanted to become a huntsman, and he asked whether the man could take him on as an apprentice. Yes, I can, if you want to come along with me. The young fellow went with him, hired himself out for several years, and learned the craft of hunting. After his apprenticeship had ended, he wanted to try his luck elsewhere. The only wage he received from the huntsman was an air gun, but it was made in such a special way that it never missed when fired. The young huntsman set off, and soon came to a very large forest that was impossible to cross in one day. When evening came, he climbed a high tree to keep away from wild animals. Toward midnight, he thought he saw the glimmer of a small light in the distance. He looked through the branches at the spot and took note of where the light was coming from. Then he removed his hat and threw it toward the light so that he would have a marker to point him in the direction he wanted to go. After he climbed down, he went after his hat, put it on again, and proceeded straight ahead. The farther he went, the bigger the light grew, and when he got up close to it, he saw a tremendous fire with three giants around it, roasting an ox on a spit. "'I want to take a taste,' said one of them, "'to see if the meat is ready to eat.' He ripped off a piece of the meat and was about to put it in his mouth when the huntsman shot it out of his hand. "'Well, what do you know about that?' said the giant. The wind just blew that piece right out of my hand. So he took another piece, but just as he was about to bite into it, the huntsman again shot it away. The giant slapped the companion sitting next to him in the face and yelled at him furiously, Why do you keep tearing the meat out of my hand? I didn't take it from you, the other giant said. A sharpshooter probably shot it away. The giant took a third piece, but he had barely touched it when the huntsman shot it out of his hand. Then the giant said, Anyone who can shoot a tiny piece of meat from one's mouth must be a fine marksman. We could use someone like that. So they shouted as loud as they could, Hey, sharpshooter, come over here. Sit down at our fire and eat your fill. We won't hurt you, but if you don't come and make us use force to get you, then you're lost. Now the young fellow joined the giants and told them he was an expert huntsman, and that whatever he took aim at with his gun, he was sure to hit. After hearing this, the giants told him things would go well for him if he came along with them. There was a large river at the other end of the forest, they explained, and on the other side of the river was a tower, and in the tower there was a beautiful princess, whom they intended to carry away. All right, said the huntsman, I'll get her for you soon enough. Wait, there's something else, the giants continued. There's a little dog that starts barking as soon as anyone approaches, and when it barks, everyone at the royal court wakes up. That's why we can't get in. Do you think you can shoot the little dog? Certainly, he said. 
That's just trifling sport for me. Upon reaching the river, the huntsman got into a boat and sailed across. When he landed, the little dog came running and was about to bark when the huntsman took out his air gun and shot it dead. When the giants saw that, they rejoiced, thinking they had the princess for sure. But the huntsman wanted first to check on things at the castle and told them to stay outside until he called them. So he went into the castle, where everyone was asleep, and it was as quiet as a church. When he reached the first room, he saw a saber of pure gold hanging on the wall. It had a gold star on it, and the king's name was inscribed on the handle. Nearby on a table lay a sealed letter, which he opened, and it said that whoever had possession of the saber could kill anything he encountered. So he took the saber from the wall, put it on his belt, and moved on. Next he came to the room where the princess was lying asleep. She was so beautiful that he stopped in his tracks, gazed at her, and held his breath. He thought to himself, How can I put an innocent maiden like this in the hands of those wild giants? They have nothing but evil on their minds. He looked around some more and saw a pair of slippers underneath her bed. Her father's name and a star were on the right slipper, and on the left her own name and a star. She was also wearing a large silk neckerchief embroidered with gold. Her father's name was on the right side, and her own name on the left, all in gold letters. The huntsman took a pair of scissors, cut off the right corner of the neckerchief, and slipped it into his knapsack. He also put in the right slipper with the king's name on it. The maiden kept sleeping, all wrapped up in her nightgown. Then he cut off a piece of the gown as well, without touching her, and put it into his knapsack with the rest of the articles. After that he went away and let her sleep undisturbed. When he returned to the castle gate, the giants were still standing there and waiting for him. They thought he was going to bring the princess with him. Instead, he called to them to come in, that the maiden was already in his power, and he could not open the door for them. They would have to crawl through a hole that he had found in the wall. When the first giant began to crawl through, the huntsman wound the giant's hair around his hand, yanked the head in, and cut it off with one stroke of the saber. Then he pulled the body all the way in. Next he called the second giant, and then cut off his head, and finally the third one. The huntsman was glad to have saved the beautiful maiden from her enemies. He cut their tongues out, put them in his knapsack, and thought to himself, Now I'll go home to my father and show him what I've already achieved. After that I'll travel about the world. Whatever good fortune God intends to bestow upon me will be enough for me. When the king woke up in the castle, he saw the three giants lying there dead. Then he went to his daughter's bedchamber, woke her up, and asked her who could have possibly come and killed the giants. Dear father, she said, I don't know, I was asleep. When she got up and wanted to put on her slippers, the right one was missing, and when she looked at her neckerchief, the right corner had been cut out and was missing. Then she glanced down at her nightgown and saw that a piece had been taken out of it. The king ordered the entire court to assemble, all the soldiers and everyone who was there, and he asked who had killed the giants and saved his daughter. Now the king had an ugly one-eyed captain who claimed that he had done it. Thereupon the old king announced that he should have his daughter to wed since he had saved her. But the maiden said, Dear father, I'd rather leave home and go as far away from here as my legs will carry me than marry him. Since she refused to marry the captain, the king commanded her to take off her royal garments, 
put on peasant clothes, and leave the court. He ordered her, furthermore, to go to a potter and start selling his wares. So she took off her royal garments, went to a potter, and borrowed a stock of his earthenware. She promised to pay him back if she sold everything by evening. Then the king told her to go sit by the roadside and sell the earthenware. In the meantime, he ordered some farmers to drive their wagons over her wares and crush everything into a thousand pieces. When the princess set out her wares along the road, the wagons came and smashed everything to pieces. She burst into tears and said, Oh, Lord, how am I going to pay the potter now? In this way, the king wanted to force her to marry the captain. However, she went back to the potter and asked him if he would lend her some more earthenware. He told her no, not until she paid for the stock that he had already given her. She went to her father then and screamed and moaned and told him she wanted to go far away from there. I'll have a cottage built for you out in the forest, he said. You shall stay there for the rest of your life and cook for anyone who comes along, but you're not allowed to accept money for this. When the cottage was finished, a sign was hung outside the door, and on it was written, Today for nothing, tomorrow for money. She lived there a long time, and news spread throughout the world that a maiden was living there who cooked for nothing, just as the sign said on the door. Word of this also reached the huntsman, and he thought, That's something for you. After all, you're poor and have no money. So he took his ergon and knapsack, in which he had put all the tokens he had taken from the castle, went into the forest, and found the cottage with the sign, Today for nothing, tomorrow for money. Now he was still wearing the saber with which he had cut off the heads of the giants, and he carried it into the cottage with him. He asked to have something to eat, and was delighted to see the beautiful maiden, who was as pretty as a picture. She asked him where he had come from, and where he was going, and he replied, I'm just traveling about the world. Then she asked him where he had got the saber, for her father's name was on it. In response, he inquired whether she was the king's daughter. Yes, she answered. With this saber, he said, I cut off the heads of three giants, and as proof he took the tongues out of his knapsack. Then he also showed her the slipper, the corner of the neckerchief, and the piece of nightgown. She was overcome with joy, for she realized that he was the one who had saved her. Then they went to the king together and brought him back to the cottage. She led her father into the room and told him that the huntsman was really the one who had saved her. When the old king saw the proof, all his doubts vanished, and he said he was glad to finally know how everything had happened. Now the huntsman was entitled to marry the princess, and the princess was very happy indeed. They dressed up the huntsman as a foreign lord, and the king had a banquet prepared. When they went to the table, the captain came and sat on the left side of the princess, and the huntsman on the right. The captain thought that the huntsman was a foreign lord who had come for a visit. When they had finished eating and drinking, the old king said to the captain that he wanted him to solve a riddle. If someone said he had killed three giants, but could not find their tongues when asked to look for them, how would that be possible? They probably didn't have any tongues, said the captain. Not so, replied the king. Every creature has a tongue. And he asked the captain what such a boaster deserved to have done to him. He should be torn to pieces, the captain replied. The king told him he had pronounced his own sentence. The captain was thrown into prison and subsequently torn into four pieces. 
The princess, though, was wed to the huntsman, and he returned home to fetch his father and mother, who came to live happily with their son, and after the old king's death, he inherited the kingdom. The End The Brothers Grim Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the tales, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.